Handle on the news. Handle on the news. He says, "You just, well, I don't, I don't see why." Bill Handle. Just don't quit. You're just costing the board of education money. And now here's Bill Handle. All right, and good morning on a uh, Wednesday, June sixth, D Day. How many years ago was uh, D Day? Normandy invasion. I'm sure there's a lot of... I didn't even watch the Hitler channel last night, uh, which I should have. Instead, I was watching Returns last night. Go figure, huh? What's more important? Who the next governor is going to be or what happened uh, 1945, uh, 72 years ago? Is that right? Uh, World War II, 1939 to 45, Battle of Normandy, lasted from June 1944 to August 1944. No, no, I know, but I'm talking about how many years ago was that? 1940, uh, D-Day was 1944, uh, June 6, 1944. How many years ago was that? I don't know. Whatever. I'm very bad at math. You know, my strength. Obviously, nobody on the show is good at math. Right. Nobody wants to jump in. 74 years ago? 74. I think I said that. Yeah. Okay. Look, fair, I have my fingers. That's, yeah, 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 fair enough. Or, yeah, yeah. There's two things that I'm very strong at, and at which I uh, keep my job here. Number one is math. Number two is pronouncing names of people <laughs> and pharmaceuticals and diseases. Very strong at that. All right. Uh, good morning. And uh, we have a lot to talk about with uh, the California primary elections. Uh, I don't know how many surprise, a couple surprises, but. Uh, in uh, in the end, uh, what's end up, what's going to happen? And John Thomas is coming in at seven o'clock to give us a uh, a rundown of what happened. A couple of his uh, John is very very good at uh, running campaigns, as you know. Uh, he got his clock cleaned last night on a couple of them, uh, but there's a reason for it. And I think there's a, the point that I've been uh, bringing with uh, with John. There's one major reason that people do lose. Well, two. Someone's a n- nutcase. Uh, or comes from a weird party, but there's one, one major reason that over uh, that just overwhelms everything, and we'll talk to John about that at seven o'clock. Okay, uh, you guys ready to do it? First, hello. Hi, Handel. Hi, uh, Jennifer, and then there's a lovely Wayne resident. Alex is here. Uh, we don't have Morgan, Morgan's not so, here so we don't have her arm, and we do have uh, John Ramirez, uh, as usual, our board operator. I don't know why they call him engineers. Uh, you know, I've always wondered about that. What the, you know, what the hell is the engineer? He presses buttons. He's engineering the show. No, not really. He's running the show. Come on. I mean, engineering is just, it's its like calling us talent. I mean, that, you know, that the assumption is that we are, but so many of us aren't. <laughs> it's just a generic phrase. So, John, don't feel bad because, uh, you know, you're about as much an engineer as we are talent. Okay. Okay, he's sort of nodding. Sort of. All right. uh, it just makes me feel so much better. I'm glad. I'm glad. Just thinking it. Okay, whereas producers are real producers. Although on some shows, they're not producers. They're basically talent bookers. Now, here, there's real producers. Okay, you've denigrated... Everybody. Board okay, ops, yeah, uh, board ops, producers, producers talent. Talent? Yeah, that's Want to go after management before uh, we start? Or oh, no? yeah. Well, no, it, they are management... I mean, management is management. It's just how far up do you go on the food chain? Why don't we just get going, okay? Smart. Here we go. Lead story. Oh, got to push the button. Hold on. Engineer. If you were running a train, we'd be dead. 
You know that, don't you? I'm pretty sure he did that on purpose. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> I guess you're right. We'd still be dead. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, primary results. Uh, uh, the big one is the gubernatorial, and uh, it's a Newsom who we knew was going to to uh, make it. Of course, he was. Uh, there was no issue, but. Uh, Via Ragosa, who early on had uh, was supposed to be second man out, got killed by John Cox. I mean, wiped out, and uh, and with tons of money in there. I mean, he there was no lack of. Well, yes, there was. There was lack of someone that people liked. <laughs> That's what it was. I Travis mean, his, Allen almost beat him. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, super close. Yeah, the worst thing that, I mean, the biggest problem that Antonio Villaragosa had was he was Antonio Villaragosa. What and, would have to happen for John Cox to beat Gavin Newsom in November? Uh, Gavin Newsom would have to die. Or as, uh, what it was, uh, was it Ed Romer, uh, the governor of uh, Louisiana? Was that, uh, do I have that right? And he said, and he was so far ahead in the polls, after an indictment, and if I have the uh, the name correct, if I don't, the, the premise works because this is a true story. And uh, he was so far ahead after an indictment, and he still won the election. And a reporter said, uh, Governor, what what could stop you from being the governor? I mean, you've, you've already been indicted. Your son, the only thing that would stop me is being caught in a motel room with a live boy or a dead girl. That is a quote. And uh Oh, Buddy Romer? Is it Bud Romer said yeah. that? Yeah. And is that is that the quote? That's the yeah, that's the guy from Louisiana. Wow. And it's true. It, well, it's true. Donald Trump could shoot someone uh, in on uh Broadway yeah, at yeah. high noon. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right, so then we have a story that's going to make John and Ken very happy. The effort to recall State Senator Josh Newman apparently prevailed. Yeah, that was uh, sort of a given that 12 cents uh, tax, I mean, horrific tax. I mean, insane increase. People were mad. Oh, really angry. And and there were so many. And why did Josh Newman get tagged? As he said, why me? Because there were so many people who voted for the tax, as in the majority of uh, the California legislature, because he was the weakest link and he was the easiest to attack. He barely won his district. By a couple thousand votes, and people were pissed off. I mean, really pissed off. Although, uh, I tell you, uh, there's a reason for it, and there's a legitimate reason for the 12 uh, cent tax because California is always the first. So, we're the highest in property tax and income tax, and we weren't the highest in uh, gas tax. Well, we took care of that, didn't we? How dare we not be number one? That's right. Damn right. <laughs> Speaking of recalls, uh, the judge up in Santa Clara County, Aaron Persky, who gave Brock Turner that very lenient sentence after he raped a yeah, woman. of course. He also voted out. Yeah. Now, here is a factoid. The last time that a California judge was recalled was 1932. We're talking about a lower court judge. Uh, we tossed out three uh, California Supreme Court Justice Rose Bird. I don't remember what year that was. I think, was it in the 80s or 90s? Maybe even the 70s. It might have been the late 70s. It may have even been the 70s. Uh, Jerry Brown, uh, uh, Rose Bird, was uh, the chief uh, 
of uh, the Supreme Court, and it had to do with uh, we had elected, yes, it was, uh, to keep the uh, death penalty. We had to reinstate the death penalty because uh, Foreman versus Georgia, it had been overturned, which is why uh, Charles Manson is still alive or was alive for so many years because he had gotten the death penalty. So everybody who was on death row uh, was immediately in life imprisonment without possibility of parole. So uh, California reinstates the death penalty with the conditions that U.S. Supreme Court put on. Rosebird and two other of the justices basically said, we don't care. I'm against the death penalty, and we don't give a rat's what the people of the state of California uh, say, do, or think. Okay. Chow baby, gone. And then uh, Rosebird, uh, I don't know how many years later, there was a, a news, uh, some news crew got a hold of her, and she was in her garden puttering around talking to her roses. And, hello, hello, hello. And then she ended up uh, dying, which a lot of people do. All people do. Well, eventually, and uh, which we would do if John Ramirez uh, ran a train. Ah, if he back. was if he was an engineer wow. on a train. Okay. It up improv with See, See I wrap off. it all up. Wow. Full circle and it all comes back. Let's take a break. All right. Okay. KFI handle here. It is uh a uh, Wednesday, day after the primary, and so uh, we're going to have uh, John Thomas here analyzing what happened, uh, any surprises, uh, the uh, good news, my opinion, Villaraigosa took, man, what a beating, shellacked, even though he spent more money than anybody else. Okay, uh, and here's the question I want to ask John, what does Villaraigosa do now? Oh, he, he's already said he's going to go on a honeymoon. Oh, please. Yeah. That was his uh, right. thing last night right. was... Don't worry about me. I just got married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I haven't had a chance to go on a honeymoon. Now I can. Yeah, so he's going to go to a resort with his wife and pick up someone else at a bar that (gasps) night. Handle. Not not without precedent. Yeah, not far off. Not far off. All right. Uh Oh, also uh, coming up uh, on Saturday, June 16th, Law Day 2018, 9 to 2 o'clock at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Over 100 legal experts from HandleOnTheLaw.com. Free legal advice in virtually every area of the law. Free good legal advice, not marginal. And a live handle on the law broadcast from 9 to 11. There'll be free seminars, win prizes throughout the day. Log on to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is Law Day, sponsored by the Bowers Museum. Great venue, too. During Law Day and a wonderful museum, get a $5 discount to visit all of the exhibits at the Bowers. So calendar at uh, Law Day a week from uh, Saturday. Okay, Uh, let's do it. More handle on the news. Uh, Jennifer Jones, Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. And me. And are we going on to the errors, the voting errors? Are we doing Persky? Uh, I think we're doing the... We did Persky. Uh, yeah, we did Persky. I'm sorry. All right. So let's talk about now why Villaraigosa thought that he might have a chance to keep the polls open for a while because there was a big error. 118,000 names missing from the LA counter rolls. It was a printing error. Yep. Uh, Incidentally, that happened to me. I was amongst that 118,000. Oh, no kidding. So you went to the polls. I went to the polls. My name is not there. So what they do? They found my name somewhere. They pulled a, a li- There was one list 
Uh, and it was uh, that my name hadn't been put into the rolls of the ballots, but it was in another list. It's crazy. Uh, it's just there was a, a cock-up. But uh, what ended up happening is they handed me a provisional ballot, and then they found out they didn't have to. But the guy said, don't worry about it. Your vote is still going to be counted. Uh, and that's exactly what happened to the 118,000, uh, the voters' names were admitted from the rolls. They all, uh, anybody who voted, the vote still counted. So it was just a desperate uh, grasping at straws attempt by Viragosa. Oh, yeah. He wanted to keep the polls open yeah, until Friday yeah, because of this yeah. error. Yeah. Well, uh, we have a date and a place for the historic meeting between President Trump and Kim Jong-un. They're going to meet. It's set for June 12th, apparently. Uh, That's what um, Sarah Sanders said yesterday. And they're going to meet at the Capella Hotel on Sentosa Island in Singapore. Yes. Now, uh, I have a couple of questions about that. And that is, it's an island. Are they shutting down the island? Because it's a resort, a couple of hotels. Are they shutting it down? So the only people will be there will be uh, the participants. And uh, you can bet. How how many boats, security boats and police and uh, the Singaporean Navy, I don't know if they have one or not, uh, that are circling uh, the island. And I we don't have – I'd love the story about the security there. Let's pull that and do it at some point because I think there's a whole world of that. Uh, there was – this story uh, says that uh, the uh, other potential uh, – venue was easier to easier to secure so that's why i want to know what's going on well one thing that might be able to breach security is a six foot seven worm and we're the three best friends that anybody could have yeah dennis rodman the worm now he says that President that Kim Jong Un didn't even understand President Trump until in 2017 he gave him the art of the deal, and he goes on to say, "I didn't want to take the credit. I didn't want to sit there and say I did this, I did that. Oh, That's please. not my intention." Oh, please, he thinks that yours. he is the bond between yep. the two of them. Yeah. Now he uh, says he's going to be uh, in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Will he be at the venue? I don't uh, think as a so. guest of Kim, Kim Jong Un. Yeah. I think he will oh. be. Yep, uh, yep, I think he will be. Yeah, or he's just, or is he simply going to be in Singapore, nope. uh, swimming in that swimming pool atop that, uh, you know, that three-column building, you know, the uh, the hotel. All right. Um, well, uh, the not that big of a flapdoodle about uh, President Trump canceling the visit from the Eagles to the White House. Now, uh, both Steph Curry and LeBron James say. Whichever team wins the NBA Finals, they're not going to the White House. You're not invited. Nobody wants the invitation anyway. Well, the Eagles, because how many people actually said from the Eagles they were going to show up? Five? Yeah. Yeah, You know, out of the rest of the team. I mean, so, of course, Trump uh, took it away. And you'll see a press conference today where the president's going to make basketball illegal. You just watch. We're coming back uh, with more. Jennifer. All right, KFI handle here, and uh, good morning. The day after. 
after uh, the primary election, uh, John Thomas is going to join us at 7 o'clock to talk about the significance of uh, what happened yesterday. Also, horrible news about that Guatemala, uh, the Fuego uh, volcano. Oh, my God. Uh, now 72 people dead, 190 missing. Have you seen the video? Yes, it's horrid. Oh, good Lord. That is catastrophic. I mean, people uh, where one person of the family survived and digging through the ash, which no one survives being buried in ash. It's not like rubble where you have pockets of air. I mean, this is ash from the volcano, not even uh, lava, just the ash that exploded and coming down that mountain and totally covering up uh, a village. Like It's like Pompeii. That's the analogy. All right, back we go. Uh, More handle on the news. Jen and Wayne and me. And the president must sit for a seven-hour deposition in a defamation case from a former Apprentice contestant. Yeah, I don't even know what the issue was. Trump's attorney said he would try to block the uh, deposition, uh, saying that... um, First of all, the allegations were fiction, uh, of course. Uh, that was the basis, incidentally, of uh, the defamation because uh, you had uh, a young lady, uh, some reservos, who claimed she was... He rubbed his right. stuff up against her in right. a Beverly Hills hotel. And then so part, she called. Right. He and, said it was fiction. Right. Trump so did. she's suing him uh, and for defamation and uh, is asking for a deposition. He goes, oh, no, I'm the president. You can't, you can't depose me while I'm president. We'll take it up to Supreme Court. No, you won't. It's already been decided by the Supreme Court. Bill Clinton tried that. Done. And a judge ordered that. Now, it, it may go up, but the appeals court's going to throw it out in two seconds. And then the Supreme Court's going to throw it out even faster. They probably won't grant cert. Oh, they certainly won't grant cert. They decided this already. And uh, there's nothing new on this. So uh, there'll be a deposition. Now the issue is... Will uh, her attorney be allowed to talk about all the other women? I think that's what his attorney is trying to get stopped. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. All of it, man. It's just, and she is arguing it's a question of a pattern. And I think he can ask. And in depositions, isn't it there? You have broad, broad. parameters that yeah. you can ask questions then, under. Then if there's a trial, the motions go in to limit uh, what was said during the depositions. For example, let's say there's 45 women uh, that the deposition asks about. And he goes, well, kind of, sort of, yeah, yeah. Or he takes the, you know, whatever. And uh, the judge will typically go, you're not going to have 45. You're not going to talk about 45 women. I'll let you talk about five. Bill Cosby. You know how many women were prepared to testify in the Cosby trial? The judge said no. Just the number of women is, prejudici- is prejudicial in and of itself. A former Monterey Park police officer has been sentenced almost eight years in prison for uh, fondling women during traffic stops. That's the sound of the police. Less than five hours of deliberation by the jury. They found him guilty of all the charges. He got sexual battery by restraint, assault under color of authority, false imprisonment, and even one count of soliciting a bribe. Now, I'm going to ask you this because this happens all the time. He ended up getting seven years. Someone else in the same circumstances could get 25 years for doing this when you look at all the counts. Yes. He was guilty of all the counts. So what's he, going on with well, that? Well, he got, he got a lot of credit from the judge because he's a veteran and there's some evidence that he suffers from post-traumatic stress disorder. So the judge said, okay, on the one hand, what you did is despicable. On the other hand, 
I have great respect for military veterans, plus you apparently have some PTSD. And so he, he, you know, the judge came down from what he would have gotten had he not been a veteran. Got it. Well, there's a nanny who is in big trouble for, she's getting up to three years, in fact, for assaulting a two-week-old baby. This nanny in Long Island, Stacy Sakarin, and uh, she was employed by this family to take care of this little two-week-old baby. Well, the dad, about 1.30 in the morning one night, hears the baby, like, crying in pain. So he ends up looking at the video from a camera that they put in the baby's room, and they see this nanny moving forcibly, uh, forcefully moving the baby around, slapping her in the face. Slapping a two-week-old. Two-week-old. All right, so they have it on video. She pleads guilty, because I don't know where she's going to go with that. And she ends up getting a relatively minor sentence. Three years. Yeah. No, again. And I think it's one to three. Up to. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, up, up to, to three, three years. Now, so is, is, that, may not is, that, serve three. is that because that's the maximum the law allows? Or is that the judge, again, showing some discretion? And you know, they don't say what the specific, the specific charge is. But, yeah, I'm going to guess that that's what the crime carries. It's probably not considered a major felony. All right. Let's take a break and uh, come back. And uh, big news about IHOP. Big news. This about, is wrong. Uh, totally wrong. Yeah. Well, really bad. Will be t- horrific. I mean, it couldn't get worse. Right? Uh, this is in the same level as uh, presidential assassinations. I mean, this is very, very tough. We'll be back with that. All right. In the meantime, uh, you won't make yourself a name if you follow the rules. History gets made when you're acting a fool. So don't hold it back and just run it. Show what you got and just own it. No, they can't take it. Okay, a fly handle here. And uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, news that we're covering uh, is, first of all, that volcano in Guatemala. That story is getting horrible. Uh, also, the volcano in Hawaii took a turn for the worse, where a bunch more buildings uh, have been burnt. And then remember Kelly Sadler, who said uh, it doesn't matter what John McCain's opinion is because he'll be dead anyway. And the Trump administration kept on backing her up. She's gone. She's gone. Okay. Let's go back and finish Handle on the News. Jennifer Jones Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. People are losing their minds. Totally losing their minds. Because uh, IHOP is saying they're going to change their name from IHOP to IHOB. Do you want to go to IHOP? And they're trying to figure out what the B could possibly stand for. God forbid it was a mistaken tweet that someone runs the IHOP tweet. Although they're not saying it's they're a not mis- saying it's a mistake. I hob, so but yeah. it could just be some promotion that they're going to do, and they're yeah. not really changing their name. Somebody said, "Okay, so here's here's the list that I saw. At least was it could be International House of Brunch. Oh, stop it! Of breakfast, mm-hmm. of bacon, yeah. of Beyonce. You know they're still please, <laughs> and they're still going to sell their band cakes." <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it Marjorie who loves IHOP? Yeah, well, the kids actually loved IHOP. Love IHOP? That's okay. what we, but she she loves IHOP. She goes there. Uh, well, they have uh, their uh, the pumpkin pancakes. Oh uh, that yeah, she adores. Those are really good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She can't wait. Come October because it's seasonal. It, it's she calendars it, <laughs> and when it's off the menu, uh, I I have to be with her because she'll commit suicide. It's suicide watch. She really likes those. 
Does she ever just buy a ton of them and bring them home, put them in the freezer? No, no, she doesn't because she likes them hot and fresh. I see. And they uh, changed it. They now put uh, cinnamon on it. Oh, that sounds really good. Oh, they're phenomenal. A worker at the Johnsonville Sausage Factory is facing prison time. They caught him putting foreign objects into the sausage links. And if you eat the sausage, take some heart medication, please. Jonathan Lane is his name. A piece of cigarette paper and a wire connector are a couple of the foreign objects that he put. And he found them so he could be a hero. This is Munchausen by proxy with sausage. Link? Or Patty. I don't know. Oh, Patty. I'll tell you why. Because Munchausen by proxy is you're rescuing someone. By definition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this has to be Munchausen by proxy. S- Patty. Patty. Okay. It's a little stretch, but I think it works. Well, uh, this is not necessarily working for everybody. This drug called Nudexta that's supposed to help people with PBA that when you can't, you know, stop crying or laughing. Well, the government's saying, eh, insurance companies, beware. Apparently, New Dexta's makers have been aggressively targeting nursing homes and the people who are in them for a drug that may be unnecessary or even unsafe. Even though this is the only one for PBA that's been approved by the FDA, they still say, eh, you got to look out because Medicare may be paying for the drug for unapproved and potentially fraudulent uses. Okay. So you never know. A woman named Kathleen Demlo was born in 1938, passed away on May 31st, and the obituary that her family put in the paper is savage. Here's a little excerpt. In 1962, she became pregnant by her husband's brother and moved to California. She abandoned her children, Gina and Jay, It goes on to say she will not be missed by Gina and Jay, and they understand that this world is a better place without her. Ouch. No, this is good. This is honesty. Every time I, and I love obits, I always go to the obit page because they're they're really biographies of people, and I'm a biography nut. Uh, Everybody who dies of cancer uh, died uh, out of, with a heroic struggle against cancer. Everybody is a hero. No one is, oh my God, I don't want to die. Do something. No, no, it's heroic. Uh, and everybody who is, if you ever read the obits, everybody's won a Nobel Prize. That's it. Everybody, the huge success. You never hear, hey, he was a normal guy. You know what? No great shakes. We loved him. But eh, there was Well, no- this is worse than that. Oh, though. no, this is wonderful. This is cool. No, no, this is absolutely wonderful. This is reality. This is dancing on the grave yeah. via well, an obituary. Yeah, but what if you hate someone? Well, this is, this is that. And I'm not, for example, I'm not a big fan of my mother. Uh, and I've said that many times. It's, it's an open secret. You, you well, you're not going to see this. I just probably won't do an obit. But I can see people not liking their family. But then again, I've always hated my family. Everybody, wife, kids, uh, cousins, uh, just everybody. But uh, I love this. <laughs> I truly do. Okay. Well, if you are a guy who used psychedelic drugs, Bill, <laughs> lots of them. Then Marjorie, I guess, is a lucky lady. Yeah. I don't hit her. Well, they say that according to the Journal of Psychopharmacology, if men who use psychedelic drugs are less likely to act violently against their intimate partners versus those who used alcohol, cocaine, meth, because those are all aggressors, but the guys who use the psychedelic drugs 
seem to have the opposite effect on them. And yeah. also less likely uh, to be violent against their partners than people who don't use any drugs. They're not just comparing psychedelics right. to other drugs. It's also just people who don't use drugs or alcohol at all. Right. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking at the list. Uh, well, certainly every psychedelic has gone into my body, but alcohol, no. Cocaine, more than you could ever imagine. Methamphetamine, I've tried a couple of times. Can you imagine me on meth? No. Uh, precisely. Wow. I know. When was this? Oh, many, many, okay. many years ago. Wow. Yeah. Okay, we're done. Yes. Yeah. I heard that one. Yeah. No, is this, uh, yeah, I have some great, uh, great LSD stories. Okay. We're done with this hour. Coming up, it's going to be John Thomas, and uh, we're going to parse what happened yesterday. Some very interesting things and some real inside baseball uh, because, of course, John knows his stuff. This is KFI AM 640. KFI handle here and uh, good morning on a day after uh, the primary yesterday's June 6th D-Day 74 years uh, later and uh, the big news that we're covering two volcanoes going on right now Uh, the volcano in Hawaii uh, which has not gotten any better it's gotten worse no one has died Guatemala, it's a whole different story. 72 people died, 190 are missing. It's the ash that has buried entire villages. It's a, it's a, this is a god-awful tragedy. All right, uh, let's move over to politics. Why? Because yesterday was uh, the primaries, but uh, usually no one gets excited about primaries. And I did. I mean, I like politics, but for some reason I was more excited about this race. And, uh, our um, analyst, our expert in politics, uh, the one and only John Thomas, who runs uh, Thomas Partners, even though there are no partners. Just me. <laughs> well, we have people, but yeah, there are no partners. And they all work for you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it ran a few people in there. And uh, what I want to do is, and he lost a couple of races, uh, but I was watching these races and it fell right in line with what you said would have happened and did happen. Let's start with the big one, and that is Via Ragosa, who spent more money than anybody else, uh, had labor behind him, and he lost, and I mean he lost, oh, he lost all big. Right. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about what happened. So uh, Antonio essentially ended up having a ceiling of the Latino vote. That's essentially where he ended up. All right, well, let, let me stop for a moment. This was the gubernatorial yeah, race. Right, right, right. Top so, two. C- correct, correct. Okay. And it was uh, Gavin Newsom was the top vote getter. We always knew that from, and he, from and, day one. And that he happened. He performed exactly as one would expect. Okay. Uh, and then the question was, can Antonio sneak into a, 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 because it's an open primary, meaning, you know, anybody could vote for anybody, Could Antonio sneak into a second place? And a lot of rich people thought he could, up to almost $30 million worth of spending on behalf of Antonio. That's a lot of money. So people were going, wow, just that level of spending. And there wasn't a Republican that was spending anywhere near that amount of money. Um, There were no Republicans up on TV, for instance, none. All right, so so usually a rule is if you spend that much money, you you should make it. You should make it. Yeah. It didn't happen with him. It didn't work because he never had a lane to find. And here's the challenge. 
Gavin, if you're an if you're an ultra left progressive, you're going with Newsom, and you knew that out of the gate because Gavin is a fairly household name if you're an ultra left person. So, Gavin had a uh, we call it a floor, which is basically where you start uh, in the mid in the early 30s. Okay, that's where Gavin, even if he hadn't spent a penny, would have been. He picked up a few points, and he had to, and he spent what I think like 15 million to get there. That was just kind of. For good measure, okay, to have a good, make sure you know, he had a good night. It's hilarious that fifteen million dollars, sort of, uh, you know, it's pretty good. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, well, I, that's stunning. It, it is, but it also he got off. I would argue for very little dollars in the scheme of things. He essentially won. It, the race is is effectively over as of last night for Gavin Newsom, and I'll explain why with with Cox. He won a governor's race for basically fifteen million bucks in California. That's that's unbelievably inexpensive if you actually look at it. Of the next round, he doesn't have to spend a hundred million dollars. Probably has to spend ten just for good measure again. But registration's there for him, and the partisans will line up, and that's probably about it. So the question was, could Antonio, another Democrat, get into the top two? And I could see in a smoke-filled room a year ago when consultants and a bunch of rich donors were sitting around going, "Aha." If we just spend enough and we're the only other person talking, we can control the electorate. We can get a smidgen of Republicans to vote for us. We can get moderate Democrats. And with the Latino turnout uh, at where we think it'll be, and they were estimating it would be anywhere from 18 to 23 percent. If it's there, all, all Tony has to do is find a couple extra points and it's over. He's in the top two. If he gets into a top two. He'll get Republicans because Republicans aren't voting for Newsom and there and, and some moderate Dems. And there's the math. Antonio beats Gavin. That was a plausible strategy. I could see with one problem. The turnout models that Antonio's team had were so wrong. And we even saw it a lot of the public polling. And Bill, we've talked about this on your show. I hate to say I predicted this outcome. And you too, did. But and I did. did. Because Latino turnout is looking like every other boring midterm cycle before it. It was it was at basically twelve percent. Twelve. When you think about turnout, even though they represent twenty five percent of the registered electorate, but if you look at how miserable twelve percent is, I mean that for is, what you spend, mm-hmm. not even for what you spend. I'm just talking about the franchise, the vote. Mm. I'm talking about the electorate. That's that's embarrassing. Yeah. We're a democracy. I mean, let's go back to the days of Saddam Hussein, who at least got 110% of the vote. <laughs> yeah, so what ended up happening was, and this is a, it's, it's a, it's a good instructive political science lesson in the sense that we're going to talk about in a second how money is so important. And trust yeah, that'll me, be Bill, the next one. It is important. But what's exciting about campaigns and what I do is money isn't everything. It's important to have, but it isn't everything. John Cox got into a a comfortable second position, and we saw this. Well, I called this two two months ago. Yeah, uh, but because the partisans, what I like to tell I like to tell my clients this too: partisans on both sides of the aisle, we have really sensitive sniffers for who the real Republican is or who the real Democrat is. And in a low information contest, which is what happened on the Republican side, it was low information. Republicans started sniffing out that Cox was the strongest, most Republican-y Republican, and Trump endorsing Cox in the final home stretch. That, kinda, do you think that's so what that, did it? that sealed the deal? And Travis but, Allen is as Trumpist as you can oh yeah. get. Oh, he and is. that didn't work. It didn't work. Cox, Co- they just started. They had been softly wiggling. Republicans have been softly wiggling around Cox for months, um, and so I knew just given the rate. 
it was impossible for Antonio. And here's the other problem. Antonio's team was being too cute by half. On the one hand, they thought they could pluck off some Republican support, thinking, well, Antonio is pro-charter school. He's pro-Israel. He's uh, not. He's he's moderate. But on the but on the other hand, on Antonio's broadcast TV ads, he was talking about uh, being uh, supportive of Barack Obama, supporting illegal immigrants, how Trump how Trump is a now, bad thing. Is that the, is, is that uh, the uh, the simply uh, the insecurity? Well, number one of, of of going to where the issue is, or just bad polling and not doing what message is going to work, which you do all the time. Yeah, uh, it, it, it was bad polling because they assumed they would have probably eighteen percent to it. start. The big takeaway with the Antonio race, if I were advising him, is. You, no, well, there wasn't a lane for him, but but you can't have these minute targeted messages. You got to pick a big story and a big brand promise. You got to drive that all the way through. And election they didn't day. do that. And there just wasn't room for Antonio here. All right. And one other uh, question: Says he spent more money than anybody else. Uh, is it fair to say that people didn't vote for Antonio or went the other way simply because they just don't like the guy, much like Hillary Clinton, <laughs> just not likable? I'm not, Bill. I'm not sure. I, Certainly in L.A., and the numbers will be fascinating to see, he probably didn't carry L.A. And that's a direct uh, repudiation of people not liking Antonio. I'm suspecting in areas like San Diego, Orange County, they didn't probably know him. But I can tell you at the very least, they weren't buying what he's selling. And he was selling himself, make no mistake about it. Got it. We're going to come back and go into some other races and talk about how important, how all-encompassing uh, the issue of money is more so. I know it's a given. Yeah, you need money. Oh no, no, no! It's way, well, way beyond that. And I also that. can tell you how Cox winning uh, might have saved the House of Representatives. All right, we're going to come back with all of that good stuff with uh, John Thomas. In the meantime, uh, let's check in with uh, the one and only the representative from California has the floor on holiday. KFI handle here, and uh, good morning. Uh, big news: uh, the volcanoes uh, have gotten worse. Well, in Guatemala, it's uh, catastrophic, and in uh, Hawaii, it's just almost catastrophic. No life lost, but still, if you had a house anywhere near there, it's gone. And then all the roads have been cut off. Uh, you're you're just done. You're just sitting there waiting for the lava to come over. It's a sci-fi film. You're waiting for the attack of the lava people. And they're just going to just encompass you. All right. Now, or engulf you, I think is a better way of uh, saying it. Uh, John Thomas is here. And what we are doing is uh, trying to figure out, parsing what happened yesterday. Actually, John doesn't have to figure it out. Knows exactly what happened. And uh, one of the things that uh, we talk about and have is how important money is. Now, that's sort of a given. Everybody understands that you need money to buy ads. But... Uh, without money, I mean, money is even more important than anybody could even imagine, as mm-hmm. we have talked. You want to talk about that? Right. It, it uh, just like in the last segment, it's it's not everything. You know, you, you saw with Meg Whitman, who spent, what, $150 million of her own dollars and another 30 she raised. It wasn't enough to get her over the hurdle. But you've got to have enough to be competitive to get your message out. And what's really challenging in a lot of these down-ticket races these low, low what information. Is it, what is down, it? Describe down, down ticket. Down ticket would be, you know, anything uh, that's not literally the top. So in, in this case, it would be anything that's not the U.S. Senate or governor's race. I would qualify as down ticket. So even, you know, lieutenant governor, even though statewide are down ticket. But then when you start going down to 
you're a member of Congress, you're an assembly member, you're Nobody a school cares. board member. I mean, no one knows. Your judicial race. Good grief. Yeah, you no, don't, yeah I don't, you, even, you I don't, don't even vote. Know. And so, <laughs> and so a, a lot of people do just skip those races because they simply don't know. And those are, those are low-information races. Even these, these so-called high-profile congressional races in orange where – you know, you saw people spending um, in the in the 39th for Royce's seat. The 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 Democrat that won spent five point seven million dollars of his own money in a primary, which is crazy. It's still a low information contest, and so what money allows you to do is a couple things. One is you have to break through. You have to throttle voters across the head consistently with who you are. And what your message is, especially in California's open primary when, like in that Royce seat, you had 17 candidates, okay, all saying vote for me at different levels. So in order to break through, you got to have a lot of money. Then on top of that, the uh, the complication of you could have another candidate that is directly in your lane saying exactly what you were saying. So how do you navigate that? So it has to be attack ads at that point, right? Or, depending upon the nature of the race, maybe it's just ignoring that guy and saying what you're going to say, but ten times as loud. Which means more money. More money. More money. And then, so and, in, low, and, in, in low information races, what you're saying is basically money's everything. It, it is everything with the exception—I'll give you a good example. Um, in some of these congressionals, I told my clients, look, you don't—it would be great if you were the spending leader— that would be wonderful. We would be comfortably cruise through this primary. But you don't have to be the spending leader, but you have to be in the same ballpark. You can't get outspent six to one and expect to survive. So here, I mean, essentially, here's what 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 happened. Uh, uh, we talked about this in the, in the 39th uh, with my client, Sean Nelson. He didn't prevail last night. Never lost an election. He's been a he was the mayor of Fullerton. He was two termed. Uh, county supervisor, which is a powerful position. He's run contested races before, but we got beat last night. What happened? Well, the Democratic Party in in a bunch of these congressionals in Orange was concerned that they were going to get shut out, meaning no Democrat was going to make it in the top two. And my guy, Sean Nelson, was polling in the top two. I mean, he was likely given, even though we were outraised by the, the, our, the lead Republican, Young Kim, more than two to one, almost three to one. We still, because we had a better message and a better candidate, we were probably either going to tie her or maybe even, if it was just a fair fight, we would either tie her or be in a top two. So what is a fair fight? About the same? A, a, a fair fight means nobody's beating us up with negative. It was just she says what she's, she has Got to it. say and we say what we All have right. to so, say. Uh, and so the Democratic Party did the attack ads. Yeah, they spent $2 million against Fighting. Sean Nelson. And at that point, when you knew the kind of money that was being spent against Sean in the attack ads, did you know it was basically over? You never want to say never because it, it, these jungle primaries are just crazy in how they're orchestrating. But conventional wisdom says... If you're lead, if the Republican you're battling is outspending a two to one or three to one, which we were, and if you're getting pile drive almost six to one in negative, it's suffocating, Bill, because the reality of what voters who still aren't paying attention to this race, when they do walk in the ballot box, they may not know exactly why they're voting uh, for a person, but they know, well, maybe I don't have I haven't heard good things about Sean. All right, you know what? I want to take a break and come back. Do one more segment because there's a few other things uh, that I want to cover politically. 
and, uh, you know, do a little survey here. Find out uh, who voted, and that's kind of important. We'll be right back uh, with, uh, with John Thomas and the rest of the crowd. This is KFI. Uh, let's check in with Jenny Jones Lee. Jenny, J- let Jenny Lee Jones. What are you talking to my parents lately? I don't Call know. Call me Jenny twice. I know. Sorry, Jen. Okay. Uh, I know. My, my folks probably call. Jennifer. KFI handle here. It is a uh, Wednesday, the day after the election, the primaries. Uh, Big news. Uh, Kelly Sadler, uh, who said John McCain's opinion doesn't matter because he'll be dead anyways. Remember that? Well, she's dead now. Well, politically, at least. Finally, she's been tossed. Oh, my God. And then the volcanoes. Ugh. Horrible, both in Guatemala and in uh, Hawaii. All right. John Thomas is with us, and we are analyzing and parsing what happened uh, yesterday uh, during the primary. Uh, and John, uh, well, first of all, I want to do a quick survey. Uh, Jen, did you vote? I did. You did. Uh, Alex, did you vote? No. Oh, my. Oh, come Alex. on. You know when I wake up, I had a typical nap. Typical young no, person. No, no, that's it. It's typical young person. John, of course, you voted. Right? Twice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Twice. Okay. And I voted several <laughs> times too. Uh, and John Ramirez, do you know what a vote is? Okay. He this, just wait, wa- waggled his hand. I know. John, what? did you vote, by the way? I did. Oh, good for you. So that's uh, one out of the two of the very young people. Uh, and a friend of mine who uh, we went to vote at the same time, she has the same. Uh, matter of fact, my goddaughter uh, and I went ahead and voted at the same time. It was all a bunch of old people. That were there. And I, that's what the electorate did look like, in fact. Yeah. I got to give John props. He actually texted me yesterday and said, where can I find Chris San Carlos Proposition Podcast? Oh, good. Because he wanted to be informed when he good went for to the polls. You're I talking about Ramirez. That. Yeah, Ramirez. Good for him. Good for you, John. You know what a proposition is? Okay, <laughs> let's move on. You're so mean to I him. I know, all right? All right. So, uh, John Thomas, let's look at, um, at the race yesterday. Any surprises? Um. Uh, there, there were a couple, a uh, couple moderate surprises. I, I, I want to focus for a second on the on the governor's race, the impact there. First of all, oh yes, you were going to say si- that it is significant that a Republican did get in the top two, and it's not so much because the Republicans going to win the governor's race. You could see Gavin when he was giving his speech last night; he knew he was the governor and waiting after after last night's results. He's going to be the next governor, but the significance of having a, a Republican in the top two is it's likely to save. These critical Orange County uh, congressional seats that used to be in Republican hands, it will save them and likely keep them in Republican hands simply because if a Republican was not in the top two at the top of the ticket, we were modeling Republican turnout to be depressed by up to as much as three point swing. A three point swing in some of these Orange County seats would likely tilt it, the turnout model right into Democratic hands. All right. Big question. This is across the country. Uh, were the Democrats, number one, able to swing the House, which I know they weren't, but how much were they not? How big of a hit did the Democrats take relative to taking over the House? Well, Democrats actually didn't have a bad night last night. That Well, they didn't. They wanted a Dem on Dem. Nationally, they wanted a Dem on Dem at the top of the ticket, but they're still in the game. They were worried in these Orange County seats that they were going to get shut out, not even have a player on the table. It's going to be Republican on Republican. So they lived to fight another day. But they're fighting the larger trend, which is that generic ballot. It's the, you know, measuring the political wins. And right now it is a total uh, Trump is not dragging down 
uh, Republicans in the same way that he was even two months ago. So if the trends continue, the the House will likely not flip. Um, there still is going to be an unbelievable amount of money spent on these Orange County seats because there's still no path for the Democrats to flip the House without picking up some seats in Orange. So we're going to see, come November, tens of millions of dollars spent in these congressionals. Uh, but look, if you're Trump, you look at these results last night, and you go, all right, um, I still... It's less, more than just a coin flip. Uh, I'd give a 60% odds that Trump and the Republicans hold the House as, after last night. All right. So uh, the question is Trump. Uh, at uh, To a, a lot of uh, legislators and candidates, uh, Trump being a Republican, if there is a Republican, have hurt uh, their candidacy. Uh, or at least they want to, to distance themselves from Donald mm-hmm. Trump. Usually, uh, for example, uh, Democrats were all over Barack Obama. They couldn't get mm-hmm. close enough. I mean, they were snuggling up to him. Trump, not so much. Uh, what is the position of Trump's endorsement, being a Republican, that he's simply there as president? To the, the races. An- the answer is it depends. Uh, Donald Trump made John Cox. If it weren't for Trump... Cox might have had a softer second finish. So so uh, in in these races in Montana, uh, Texas, uh, you know, Trump will save Ted Cruz in Texas. Ted will be fine in his reelect because of Donald Trump. Uh, but in some of these more urban seats, it'll be fascinating, like in Orange County, you're going to see a lot of tap dancing going, well, I, I'm going to I, – I think that the ads will essentially say for the Republican candidates in Orange is uh, while I uh, – I will have the courage to stand up to the president when he's wrong, and I'll stand with him when he's right. They're going to try to straddle. The problem is that's a bit of a nuanced conversation. At the end of the day, my argument is Trump is the Republican Party, and if you're a Republican running for federal office, you can't run from the guy. So embrace him, try to take the good with the bad, um, and hang on. Okay. Uh, John Thomas, Uh, that's good. So next week— uh, we'll get together on Friday or this week on Friday, and we'll talk about nothing because all the news was today. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, I can tell you what candidates now are doing to scramble for November, we're and do, they're working their tails off today. We're going to talk about that on Friday. Ab- absolutely. All right. Uh, in the meantime, uh, coming up, Mexico makes good on the tariff threats, but there's a lot of politics in that one, too. They're being very, very smart about which uh, tariffs, which goods they're tariffing. By the way, is that a verb to tariff? Now it is. We tariff, you tariff, We uh, there's tariffing going on. Okay, why not? KFI AM 640. Uh, Jennifer. KFI handle here, and a uh, good morning on uh, a uh, post-election day, and uh, we've gone through it. The, the big news on the election is uh, Villaraigosa just got creamed, I think 11%, and he spent more money than anybody else. So it looks like the Republican John Cox, well, it is the Republican John Cox against Gavin Newsom running for the governorship in November. Also, the volcanoes, unfortunately, those that's huge news, too. And that's uh, just a horrific story, particularly out of Guatemala with the number of dead. 72 dead and 190 or something missing. I mean, that's which means they're dead. All right. Uh, let's go to the tariff wars for a moment. Uh, and this is where uh, the president is playing chicken 
with uh, China, with Mexico, with Canada. And he's absolutely right in that the trade practices uh, we have with these countries are very unfair to the United States. I mean, it's just that simple. Uh, We're supposed to have free trade. We don't. Uh, We uh, are rather upset. He's very upset about the uh, the trade uh, imbalance where we uh, buy more than we sell. And, well, in certain things, we have no choice. Uh, So that one I'm not too upset about. Uh, But the big one is the tariffs. And uh, he and I don't know which way I would go on this. Usually it's pretty easy to say Trump is wrong or Trump is right. Uh, But on this one, yeah. So he throws the tariffs up and uh, Mexico goes, and this is across the board, incidentally. Uh, We're going to go tit for tat. China, a little bit more nuance. China wants to keep the status quo, stealing us blind, uh, the balance of trade, uh, the espionage that goes on. We don't want to screw with that, but we'll buy $70 billion more in goods from the United States. Well, that's assuaging some of the issue. Now, the latest is Mexico. Mexico is coming back, and I'll tell you what makes this so interesting. Mexico imposes a 20% tariff on U- on the U.S. Pork, apples, potatoes. 20 to 25% tariffs on cheese and bourbon. Now, uh, come on. Just, I mean, cheese and bourbon, what a bizarre set of products, right? Oh, no, no. Uh, this is very, very astute. Why? Because if you look at the products that are being targeted, they're all in Trump's base states and his most ardent supporters. That's where they're targeting. And they're saying, okay, you go against us, we're going against you. But here's the difference. We're going to hit you with the tariffs that hurt you, your supporters, particularly the most. Now you start dealing with uh, the Republicans who have backed you up, and it's the products in their states that are getting nailed. Now it gets interesting. The farmers, for example, selling soybeans, where all of a sudden 75% of their market is being tariffed to death. And they're coming back and saying, yeah, we believe in Trump. You're a good guy. But our income is disappearing. Our market has disappeared. We no longer are competitive because the tariffs have hit big time. See, that's going to be the problem. And uh, the same thing is going to happen, not to the extent of Mexico. Mexico is being a little, uh, much more sophisticated about the attack because it's not just general tariffs. It is specific, targeted, laser tariffs. And uh, that gets really interesting. So what does the president do on that one? Does he simply let his base states get hurt? Well, that's what's going to happen with the tariff wars. Does he hold fast to his position that the United States is getting screwed, which it is? And simply say, we won't take it anymore, which was uh, one of his campaign promises. Remember, promises made, promises kept. Don't know which way it's going to go. Also, uh, the three countries uh, with NAFTA, it's Mexico, the United States, and Canada. 
right? That's NAFTA, North American Free Trade. And uh, so he has, uh, under NAFTA, which we're still part of, incidentally, that treaty is still in effect. What he has done is split it up. And now he has uh, blown it apart and he's going after these countries individually. And under NAFTA, of which we are part of, everybody has to agree. Well, they're not going to agree. So he's hitting them individually and they're not very happy about that either. This, as I started this segment with, this is a game of chicken. And uh, we'll see who wins on this one. And I have real mixed feelings about this. Uh, The base is that, uh, number one, we are getting screwed. And finally, we have a president that's willing to stand up. Now the problem is the cost. Particularly, uh, we're not going to get hit. And California is going to do just fine. But it's those states that are Trump states that are going to get nailed. Oh, the politics of all of it. All right, coming up, Medicare and Social Security. Uh, Just no money. Just running out of money. And the politics of that. KFI AM 640. KFI handle here on a Wednesday, June 6th. Not only is it D-Day plus 74 years, uh, but also the day after the election. Or uh, the primaries, at least. Okay, now, uh, before we get to the topic of you're going to retire and you're going to live in a dumpster, uh, let me remind you, Law Day 2018 is coming up on June 16th from 9 to 2 o'clock at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Over 100 legal experts from HandleOnTheLaw.com, free legal advice in almost every field of law. And I'll be broadcasting Handle on the Law from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. live right there. Free seminars, prizes throughout the day. Go to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is Law Day and is sponsored by Cunning Dental. Loose or missing teeth, call Cunning Dental for a free exam with CT scan. Call 888-640-SMILE. Law Day at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana, Saturday, June 16th. Okay. Uh, When you retire... And unfortunately, this is the case for so many people. Social security is virtually everything. And Americans are not very good at saving. Here's the problem. Uh, Social security is going to be running out. And uh, it's uh, going to be a real problem. And uh, that is, well, Medicare is even worse. That's going to be uh, depleted in 2026, uh, Social Security is going to be exhausted uh, a few years later. So, I mean, does that mean that Social Security is going to die and you're now dead? No, no. But in order to make it and uh, in order to keep it alive, the only way it's going to be kept alive is some pretty serious cuts to both programs. The problem is, will Congress cut any of the programs? Social Security and Medicare are the third rail. You screw with them, you lose elections. So nothing is going to be touched. The president, when he was running for office, we're going to cut, 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 and uh, Washington's not going to be the same except for Social Security and Medicare. So why is Social Security in so much uh, trouble? Well, if you look at how Social Security started in the 30s, It was all about 
uh, helping people uh, with retirement so they don't literally live in dumpsters. Remember, this was in the middle of the Great Depression. People were selling apples on street corners. People were jumping off buildings because they had no money. So Franklin Roosevelt uh, kicks in and starts a Social Security program. You retire at 65, then you die. That was basically it. 65, you were seriously old. And you didn't last much, much, much past 65. Look at today. Dianne Feinstein is going to win her Senate seat again, and she's 140 years old. It, no one even mentions age anymore. The president is 72. It used to be the biggest deal in the world. Or he's 71, where someone, oh my God, the oldest president we've ever had. Remember Ronald Reagan being elected? Nobody cares now. You could be Dianne Feinstein. Actually, she's 83. And uh, if she gets her next term, which she will, she'll be 90 as it finishes up her term. People know that. She's still going to be reelected. So the problem with Social Security is uh, that people last a whole lot longer. When Social Security first started, it was five workers to one retiree. And then as the years pass, it is now 2.2 workers for every retiree. And the retirees last a lot longer. My mother retired at 53. Go figure. You know, which is why we always had rice for dinner and never had any food. And the toys I would get for Hanukkah, I'd get a stick. Here, play with this. So she retires at 53. She pulls her Social Security at 62, which you're allowed to do. I go, okay, how long can she last? She's going to be 95 and still pulling Social Security. She's going to last forever. And that's the point. You combine fewer workers paying money into the Social Security system for more retirees, the baby boomers are all retiring now. And the baby boomers were the, that was the biggest single group of, of people that were ever born. It's the biggest generation. I'm a boomer. And I'm going to retire. I don't know when. You know, I'm the kind of person that I'll probably die at work. But I'll pull my Social Security. And when I do, I'll last another you have to pull it at 70 and a half. There you have to by law, which means let's say I I last until my mid nineties, which statistically, you know, is, is probable. And uh, so I'll be pulling social security. So my mother has now been pulling uh, social security for 33 years and we'll keep on doing it. It's my tax dollars that are paying for her social security. She doesn't deserve it. And she still gets it. So that's the problem. And Medicare, the same thing. Fewer people paying into the system. People on Medicare lasting longer and longer. And it's simply going to run out of money. And as of yet, guess what? They haven't cut. Now, they've done one thing. And this makes sense. And that is the age of retirement when you're eligible for Social Security, I think, is 67. And that's for the younger people. They're going to have to increase the age. 
But here's the magic of doing that politically. The way it's going to work and the way this is actually going to be palatable is they'll say, if you're under 40, then the retirement age will be 67, 69, 70, whatever it is. And the younger they make that to when you retire, you're 30 years away. Who cares? I'll be fine. That's how they make it palatable. It's a mess. It is a mess, and that's never going to change other than the age, which is going to take a generation to unravel. So here's the bottom line. When you go on Social Security, uh, number one, you're probably going to be living in a dumpster anyway. It's going to help a little bit. Can you imagine average Social Security check is, what, $1,000, $1,200 a month? And you're living in Southern California, which pays for exactly two weeks' worth of rent out of the month. Forget about food. All right, coming up, the consequences of celebrity suicides. We've just had one big one. And what does it mean? Well, there's more to it than just, oh, boy, someone else has kind of uh, committed suicide who is rich and famous. Therefore, I'm not rich and famous, and I'm okay with that. I'll explain that. KFI AM 640. KFI Handle here. It is a Wednesday, the day after the election, the primaries yesterday. Big news, Gavin Newsom, John Cox will advance to the, uh, to November for the governor's race. Josh Newman, Aaron Persky, that's the judge who gave uh, the convicted rapist Brock Turner a light sentence. They were voted out, recalled, and the big volcanoes, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, the horrific, catastrophic story out of Guatemala and uh, the bad story out of um, Hawaii. All right. Uh, was it yesterday that uh, the news about Kate Spade, 55 years old, uh, she uh, committed suicide in her New York apartment? Iconic fashion designer. And uh, this is one of uh, several different celebrity suicides. And uh, just headlines, right? The page six is headline uh, regarding. Uh, Avicii, right, uh, reportedly committed suicide with broken glass, with a broken glass bottle. Uh, and this is a uh, case in point because it's the headlines uh, that we all look at. I mean, the, you get end-of-the-world headlines when someone of this uh, ilk commits suicide, especially you have the New York Post. So uh, you've got 28-year-old DJ and artist Tim Bergling. Uh, he was known as Avicii last month. Uh, you have Robin Williams, who uh, is still huge news. There is a, a story, an op-ed piece that was written uh, by Dr. Uh, Jennifer Hecht, psychologist, wrote a book on the history of suicide. And uh, she says that this is a big issue with the way media covers suicide. Studies have shown that news of one person ending his or her own life can lead to more suicides especially for people uh, similar to the victim in age and gender. And uh, when they occur within professions, within schools, ethnicities, towns, experts call the suicide cluster. And a lot of this has to deal with the headlines, the news, uh, the copycat suicides. That is the big issue. If Robin Williams can kill himself... And I'm suicidal, and a guy like that who I've admired 
well, it can't be that bad, right? As ludicrous as that sounds, it is that bad. And so, and so how do you stop that bad? Well, what Dr. Het suggests, and their studies about this one too, is the media goes the other way. Instead of glorifying it, it simply becomes another hard news item. Don't mention suicide. Don't mention the, the method of suicide. How can you not? Avoid a detailed description of the method. Don't glorify the act. Don't engage in excessive reporting of the suicide. Now, how the hell do you do that? How does a news person do any of that? But here's the problem. Uh, it is uh, a 1987 study. There was an 80% drop in suicides by subway in Vienna. Now, it can't be those huge numbers, but... Uh, they are experts accrediting that to the rollout of ethical media reporting and uh, a prevention campaign. You go back to uh, England, Victorian England. Coroners in Victorian England would not return weapons used in a suicide to the family. That's what they used to do in those days. Here's the gun. Here's the knife. Because they knew it increased the risk because someone else would put the, that tool to the same use. A connection. So you don't want a connection. 2014, Robin Williams took his own life. Headlines, huge headlines. Fox News, the Daily News, the New York Times, of course, the Post. Details, details on how he hanged himself, uh, noting that a belt was used. Well, uh, that started the wave, not only of uh, suicides, but you had memes and there's Disney's Aladdin character saying, you're free now, genie. I mean, really crazy. In the four months that followed that suicide, suicide rate went up 10%, according to the CDC. Uh, a study by Columbia University showed that suicide by strangulation, remember he, he uh, strangled himself or hanged himself with a belt? That rose by 32%. I mean, it's crazy stuff. But then you follow up on Kate Spade's suicide, which apparently her family, her sister released a statement saying that she'd been suffering from either depression or bipolar disorder. And they were trying to get her help terribly, but she didn't want to go get help because she was afraid yep. it would hurt her brand. And that's and the other side also of the raises, Yeah, the other side is that you've got to look at mental illness or you've got Absolutely. to look at treatment for those depression so, and things. And well said. And here, I think, is a takeaway is recognizing that mental illness is something that all of us can suffer. And uh, that takes away a lot of the stigma of mental illness, of Robin Williams, of Kate Spade, uh, if, uh, well, there's so many that have committed suicide. And you look at them, look at those two people, Kate Spade, Robin Williams, two visionaries in their fields. Right, right. Two so, incredibly creative right. people. So the stigma disappears with mental illness or is decreased but the copycat suicides go up. So what's more important? Uh, and I don't know the answer. Uh, mental illness, you know, people accepting mental illness is a legitimate illness where there's nothing wrong with you. It's like if you have cancer, there's no value judgment if you catch cancer uh, or you don't catch cancer, you get cancer. Uh, and But there is a value judgment when it comes to mental illness. So what happens as a, res a result of mental illness? Well, first of all, you get a job here at KFI as a talk show host. That's for starters. And that's, that's the good side of it. I mean, there's no easy answer there. All right, let's just move on.
uh, with Handle on the News, late edition. Let's go to Jennifer Handle on the News, late edition. Handle on the News. Bill Handle. There's a guy I know, and he's one of the most negative people you could ever see. And now, here's Bill Handle. Oh, yeah. Wednesday, day after the primary, and uh, D-Day happened uh, 74 years ago today. Invasion of Normandy by the Allied forces. Operation uh, Overlord. And that was uh, the beginning of the end, certainly for uh, the Germans and the Italians and the Japanese. Okay, uh, let's, uh, oh, top stories that we're covering, of course. Uh, Kelly Sadler, uh, the White House aide who said uh, John McCain's opinion doesn't matter because he'll be dead anyway. Well, she's kind of dead herself, uh, just got fired. And uh, the volcanoes, oh, God, those volcanoes. I was just watching some video of what's going on in Hawaii. Uh, as horrible as it is in Hawaii, it's only property damage. Uh, in Guatemala, at least 72 dead, 190 missing. An entire village overrun by ash. It's like Pompeii. All right, let's do it. Handle on the news, late edition. Jennifer Jones, Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me, lead story. And it's about the election yesterday. Gavin Newsom, of course, uh, was a front runner, and that's a given. John Cox will advance uh, to the November race for governor. It'll be uh, Newsom and Cox. And I think uh, if there's any good news out of this, via Ragosa. It was a disaster for him. He got his clock cleaned at a big 11%, spending more money than any other candidate. There you are. But don't forget he gets to go on a honeymoon now. Because uh, yeah. now he's got some free time. And he's probably going to get some kind of a job, too. Uh, not necessarily now. Uh, he'll get a federal job if a Democrat comes in. I don't know what he's going to do now. Well, uh, at this point, I mean, he's so connected. He'll get some lobbying job. Uh, he'll get some kind of a, a job, probably a California job uh, because of uh, Jerry Brown, uh, some political appointments, judicial appointment, although he's not a lawyer. Now he's a, a union activist. Well, so. then he'll have to go all the way to the Supreme Court. Yeah, that's true. Supreme Court is the only court. But I think California, you don't have to be a lawyer either. U.S. Supreme Court, you don't at all. And uh, you don't even have to be a judge. That is still so weird to Isn't me. it? You, you, so crazy. For example, Earl Warren, who was chief justice, uh, appointed by, um, uh, by Dwight Eisenhower, never served a minute on the bench and uh, was nominated to uh, the Supreme Court. You don't, you, don't have to even be, you don't have to be a lawyer. You don't have to be a judge. I think the only requirement is you have to be alive. So we're all qualified. We are. Every one of us is qualified to be U.S. Supreme Court justice under, yeah, qualified is a different story. Eligible, I think, (laughs) is the word. Exactly. Voters in San Francisco have approved a ban on selling flavored tobacco. What a shocker. Even though uh, the tobacco industry, just uh, R.J. Reynolds alone, contributed $12 million against the measure. Now, this is against, or this is, uh, the ban is on menthol cigarettes, flavored vaping liquids. The president of the American Vaping Association says it's a travesty that anti-vaping extremists would mislead SF voters into making it harder for adult smokers to quit. See, they're arguing that vaping helps people quit. And that's what vaping is about. That's all, that's the only reason that people, that the tobacco industry is into vaping, is to help people quit smoking. 
Just ask them. Uh, we have a young man who is won the Democratic nomination uh, for a state Senate district seat in Iowa, and he has a very interesting history. His name is Zach Walls. He's 26 now. Back in 2011, when he was 19, he made a speech to the lawmakers in Iowa uh, about his lesbian parents. Trying to convince them that his family wasn't really any different than their families, and that video went viral. Yep. And here he is a few years later, and he's going to actually be part of the same body that he spoke to. Yep. Uh, he won the Democratic nomination for the Iowa State Senate. I'm good for him. He's also very responsible for the Boy Scouts lifting their ban on gay people. Yeah, his parents uh, being uh, uh, Lebanese. Both mm-hmm. is, uh, He has women parents. And uh, good, good for him. He's an Eagle Scout. Yeah. Anyway, his mother is uh, female, as is his father. Okay. <laughs> Talking more about the volcanoes, lava has destroyed hundreds more homes in Hawaii, yeah. including the house that belonged to the Big Island's mayor. Yeah, but it's his second home. Yeah, they're. Uh, oh. Yeah, the, uh-huh. I mean, I, I'm still. It's still terrible. Oh, but I'm just horrible. saying, it's not his primary yeah, residence. There are beachfront. Homes that have been destroyed. What do you think those are worth? Uh, now? Now nothing. I mean, I know there are a lot of people who say, well, you are the people who built on a, you know, a volcano. So, you know, you knew what could happen. At the same time, a lot of people, this was their retirement. This is, they had put everything yeah, but into that doesn't, this. But that doesn't take away that they built on top of a volcano. It doesn't. It However, just still makes me sad there are people them. that built uh, 25 miles away and the lava eruption, because the uh, you've got uh, the the fingers of lava that just pop up, and so when you're building 25 miles away, yeah, you know, you think that was reasonably safe, wouldn't you? Anyway, and the lava took a wrong turn, and it's still going crazy, and it's um, it's it's tough for those people. I wonder about insurance. Never found out if uh, they're insured for uh, lava overflow. I think so. Are they insured yeah, for lava? Yeah, remember there wasn't actually volcano insurance, but it was the overall liability that covered, in some cases, some people's covered it. But it was Unless like there's an have... exclusion for... That's what it is. Unless there's an exclusion, you're covered. And, and right. do you, uh, and how many policies are exclusions? Well, that's what we don't know. Yeah, and we don't know that. All right, we'll come back and uh, do more. In the meantime... KFI handle here on a uh, Wednesday. Uh, big news we're covering. Uh, big news uh, is, well, first of all, uh, the election. John Cox and Gavin Newsom advanced to the November race for governor. Uh, Guatemala, we've been covering that all morning long. The volcano has killed at least 72, uh, almost 200 are missing. Disaster. And then in uh, Hawaii, the volcano has gone south there, too. So, uh, not a very good day for People other than John Cox, for sure. Okay, back we go as we finish Handle on the News, uh, late edition. All right, uh, prosecutions for illegal entry are up 30% from March to April. It was a time when strangers... No surprise. No, because uh, Attorney General Sessions said we're adopting zero tolerance. We're going to throw... I mean, you come across, you're in detention. Matter of fact, I think there's a policy they're about to do is bring people from Mexico, the government bringing people, illegal people, just to throw them out. We're really on a move. We're on a roll here. 
Well, that judge who is overseeing the suit filed by the homeless advocates for Orange County along the riverbed there, now he's decided to walk along the OC Armory. Let me go home. This is such a Judge Carter thing yeah, to do to make so all weird. of these people meet him at 530 in the, the morning. morning to walk around the armory. He's so unorthodox, he did, right? He did that on the Santa Ana Riverbed right, where right. he walked around and he took uh, Spitzer and he took the other supervisors. Uh, Orr's County, come on, let's take a hike. Yeah, they talk about him like walking down this gravel road in a suit and, you know, turning all, down these, know. you know, little wear, alleys and does, whatever so that he can run into all these know. people. Does he wear his robe as he's walking no. down? <laughs> you know, the <laughs> no, robe fluttering around and no. Uh, no. Uh, and they're still, here's the thing, after the lawsuit and his oversight, and it's kind of seemed like they had worked out a plan, it seems like they're no closer to really right. having a solution no, for that no homeless answer. problem down there's there. There's no answer. Well, other the than an- spend just a truckload of money and then years building this stuff for them. So the answer is they're just not going to be able to enforce any of the anti-camping or loitering no, ordinances, no. maybe never, ever again. Right. They are going to be able to sleep uh, wherever they want to sleep. And hopefully hopefully it's not in your backyard or in your front yard. I mean, that's all you can do. Uh, uh, here's what you do is you spend a lot of money on irrigation systems, even though it's all concrete. And every morning at 5 o'clock, the rainbird just starts uh, loading the entire area up with water. So what I would do. Yeah, we have no doubt you would do that. Uh, (laughs) Hey, the OC Board of Supervisors did do this yesterday. They voted in a three-year, $4 million active shooter training program. Unbelievable. That's where we have come to. Now we're going to... uh, create a system because right now active shooter programs were sort of all over the place with the schools and uh now we have in orange county they're going to do this massive study as to what works the best matter of fact coming up uh in the next segment at the top of the hour i'm going to do a story for you in terms of active shooters that will just well i'd say originally it's it would stun you it's not going to two years ago three years ago this would have stunned you I think I read a story, too, where it said that the schools don't have to participate. Right. But oh, yes. why wouldn't they? Everyone would. Yeah. All right. Uh, fatal shootings by LAPD down. Use of lethal use of force up. Well, that, without knowing anything more about it, that means they're shooting more Tasers. and missing more. Yeah, that's one thing, is they just have worse shots. They say there are 44 police shootings last year, and the while the incidents are up, the deaths are down, the police commission says it's going to look at, you know, it's going to address this, I guess, a little more at its future meetings. There's one other stat that's important, especially people who are mad at the police and who think that they should always try to, like, just throw a volleyball at their head. Don't shoot them. Attacks on police officers were up 26% in 2017. That is a huge stat. Just from not, the year it's before. Not, it's not fun being a cop. I mean, you have to assume that they are going to go out. I, I, we talk, I've talked to a lot of police officers, as you know. I hang out with the cops. And uh, that is domestic dispute calls. The assumption is there's something going to go happen there. And the cop was just shot through a door, for example, and killed. And, uh, man, you just don't know. It's, it's tough being a cop. I mean, you're now the enemy. The police is now the enemy. And everybody has a gun. All right, we're done. Coming up, uh, welcome to high school.
Welcome to school shootings. Uh, here's another way that they're dealing with school shootings, and we'll see if this one works. This is KFI AM 640. It is a Wednesday, June 6th. Some of the big stories we're covering. Uh, the Guatemala volcano, uh, just a killer. 72 dead, 190 missing. Uh, covered up entire uh, villages. It's horrific. And then, of course, the primary elections are over uh, for the governor. It's going to be Gavin Newsom and John Cox in November. Uh, Josh Newman, out. Aaron Persky, the judge who uh, gave that convicted rapist uh, light sentence, Out. And so there's a lot going on today, for sure. All right. Now, uh, another story of uh, school shootings. Uh, not a specific school shootings, thank goodness, but how to deal with school shootings. This is something uh, that started with uh, Colin Bine almost 20 years ago and since then has simply become part of our lives. And it's just part of dealing with America. Can you imagine? We're actually saying it's the cost of doing business. School shootings, kids dying. And, of course, as a result, we just did a story on uh, a study being done, how to deal with active shooters uh, in the various schools. And we know about security, and it's going to get to the point where, well, school lockdowns already happen. Uh, You know, the students are trained, lock the door, uh, in terms of the uh, gates, you lock down the gates. Uh, what do you do inside of a classroom when there's an active shooter? Kids are trained now. Teachers are trained. Oh, I mean, just the thought of it. So here's something new uh, that came up. Uh, St. Cornelius Catholic School in uh, Pennsylvania. Eighth grade students uh, were handed a gift. Right? Let's deal with school shootings this way. A bullet-resistant shield that fits in their backpacks. How about that, huh? And uh, it's a small private school, and this is a test there that's going on. And uh, this is a result of, what, 2012 with Sandy Hook. There have been 239 school shootings nationwide uh, since then. 438 people shot, 138 killed. So schools are trying to tighten their security, more and more of them. And uh, some parents are considering military-style gear as part of the safety precautions, routines. Uh, Lockdown drills are happening all over the country. That's a given. Metal detectors, I don't know how many schools have metal detectors that come in or search backpacks, I'm sure. And other schools, oh, here's some new considerations, uh, safety measures. Uh, covering windows with uh, resistant film. Now, the idea that the schools have to give out bullet-resistant gear uh, points to the lack of action by legislature, according to gun control advocates. Uh, we should never tolerate an America where we make children protect themselves while letting elected officials get away with doing nothing. And here's the problem, right? Control guns more and more. That is something you do big picture, long-term later on. We have a problem right now with, uh, what, 280 million guns out there with the ability to buy semi-automatic weapons 
with the ability to still buy bump stocks. You can still buy them. And so what ends up happening is a shooter with a bump stock and an assault-type weapon can go in, and there is a fully automatic weapon that can spray an area. So here's one of uh, the answers, or at least one of the attempts, is a bulletproof or a bullet-resistant backpack shield that goes in the backpack and uh, it theoretically stops bullets from, I guess, going through and getting shot in the back. I mean, I don't know what that does. How many kids were shot in the back versus kids being shot in the head versus kids uh, being shot in front as they were running away? And also, uh, who wears a backpack in class? Uh, so I don't know how much this is going to help, but it, this goes to show you how desperate uh, security seems to me, where they are going even as much out of the way as you can imagine. What was that school? I think it was also in Pennsylvania, where the principal either did or wanted to put buckets of rocks in the classroom, and everybody is screaming, that's stupid, that's ridiculous, come on. And the principal said, hey, this is a last resort. Since the kids don't have weapons, and someone enters the room with a weapon, at least they'll be able to reach in and throw rocks as a last resort. And when you think about it, that makes all the sense in the world. And I guess when you think about it, uh, a shield in the backpack would then help some students, although probably not in the classroom, although maybe they have the wherewithal to take her backpack and put it in front of them and it literally becomes uh, some kind of body armor. I mean, that is kind of crazy. So there's a company that actually does this, manufactures them. And uh, they were tested at military labs. They're known as safe shields. They will not resist an AR-15 bullet. And now we go back to the bump stocks. And uh, making an AR-15, an assault-type weapon, a fully automatic weapon. But uh, the company is, um, in fact, testing these in schools, uh, both in Atlanta and Texas. Uh, and, of course, uh, in Pennsylvania at the school. 99 bucks each. And could be passed from graduating to incoming students like a textbook. So I guess there's a ceremony where... Uh, you hand over. It's uh, almost like a relay race. You hand over the bulletproof or the bullet-resistant shield, and you go, here, it is your turn. Maybe you have the school logo imprinted on it. Right? Maybe you do that with a sill screen. Right? Go Warriors! Right on there. Huh. I mean, that's where we've come. And as ludicrous as it sounds, come on, really bullet-resistant shields in the backpack? Hey, it may save a life or two. And uh, does that make it worthwhile? Yeah, of course. All right, coming up, fentanyl. All right, there's a test for fentanyl. People getting paid for dealing with fentanyl, testing it. And I'll explain that when we come back. Oh, and coming up at 930, it's Dean Sharp. And Father's Day Tool Gift Guide. Okay. Comes aboard. That sounds like fun. All right, we'll be back. KFI AM 640. I'm a- 
KFI handle here on a Wednesday, June 6th. Okay, let's do it. First of all, let me remind you, Law Day 2018 is coming up uh, a week from Saturday, June 16th from 9 to 2 o'clock in the afternoon at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Over 100 legal experts from HandleOnTheLaw.com, lawyers, uh, free legal advice in virtually every field of the law. Uh, broadcast of Handle on the Law, they're live from 9 to 11. We'll have seminars going on throughout the day. You'll win prizes throughout the day. Log on to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is Law Day. Sponsored by the People's Attorney of Southern California, Sweet James Bergener. Go to SweetJames.com. That's Law Day, the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana, June 16th. All right. Now, uh, fentanyl. California is paying for people to test their drugs for fentanyl. Here's the problem with fentanyl. It is dangerous, dangerous stuff. I mean, to the point where it takes a drop to kill you. And when you buy drugs, opioids on the street, heroin, methamphetamine even, uh, what dealers will do is add fentanyl to it to give you a higher high. And the problem is... Of course, you don't know how much is in there. You don't know if there is fentanyl in the drugs you're buying on the street. And to give you an idea of how potent fentanyl is, it's about 50 times more potent than heroin. And when I was in the hospital with that lovely uh, spinal infection that I had, and I didn't know you could hurt that much. Literally, I had no idea there was that much pain. I was screaming at the top of my lungs with pain. So in the hospital, I was on morphine 24-7. They wouldn't give me fentanyl. Even if the pain still was insane. That's how dangerous fentanyl is. It's sort of end of life. uh, You're dying and obviously very, very controlled. So uh, there is a company, a Canadian company, that came up with a test. And it costs, costs about a buck a piece. And it's effectively a pregnancy test. It functions similarly. You mix a little bit of a drug, and that's any drug you get, heroin, meth, uh, whatever, uh, opioid pill that's fake, and you uh, mix a little of the drug with water, and then you dip the strip in for several seconds, and then five minutes later, there's the result. One line, there's fentanyl. Two lines, there is no fentanyl. Michael Marquison who is executive director of the Needle Exchange at L.A. Community Health Project, said the tests have shown that 40% of the heroin out on the street, now get this figure, 40% in Hollywood contains fentanyl. And you just don't know how much. And that's the other thing that the tests won't tell you. All it will tell you is there is fentanyl in there. And Marquison said that giving out these strips at least allow to allow him to warn people about the dangers. And he also teaches them how to use uh, naloxone, which is that medication that reverses uh, an opioid overdose. We'll just change it overnight or in a matter of a couple seconds. So uh, right about half of California's 45 ne- needle exchanges distribute these fentanyl strips. Uh, and they're paid for by the state because their state is testing them. About $57,000 so far. And uh, well, fentanyl is, is showing up in uh, non-opiates. You know, opiates, it's a given. 
methamphetamine, MDMA, uh, counterfeit prescription pills. Three men who died in L.A. last month believed to have overdosed on fentanyl-laced cocaine. Fentanyl was first developed as a pharmaceutical painkiller, and it's still prescribed to patients uh, only in the hospital. Although I think you can get fentanyl, uh, you can get uh, the uh, fentanyl, what do they call that stuff you put on your arm? Uh, I got uh, patches. Oh, good for you, Bill. Uh, the patches. But it's so, so controlled uh, that it is crazy. And here's a concern. It hasn't been FDA approved yet. They're concerned about results not being accurate. That seems to be the big issue. Well, frankly, false positives couldn't care less. I don't care if half of them uh, come up with false positives. The problem is false negatives. Where you dip that little pregnancy strip into uh, the liquid that you've put uh, the drugs in. And there it is, shows you don't have fentanyl. There's no fentanyl in the drug, and it turns out that there is. And that's why it has not yet been approved by uh, the FDA. But still, to not, it, to not deal with this uh, is crazy. And what I love about this is that it's only a dollar per dose. It's a dollar for one of these little test kits. How much is a pregnancy kit, incidentally? I don't even... How much? much more than that? Really? I mean, They're a buck a piece? Well, I mean, it depends. If you get a good one, it's like 14, 15 bucks. But, okay. Uh, yeah. But then you can go to the dollar store, seriously, and they have pregnancy tests. They have pregnancy tests next to marijuana tests at the dollar store. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since uh, we've had a pregnancy test at our house. Uh, so these are a buck a piece. So as opposed to EpiPens, which are now uh, $900 or something per EpiPen kit with two of them in there, which. Hey, that's another issue we've talked about and will again. So, great idea. I think the FDA is going to approve it. Uh, I don't know. Well, again, it depends on how accurate. If it's 35% uh, not accurate or 20%, the FDA is going to say you have to make them more accurate. You do more technology. You do more testing. Change your manufacturing. But if it's uh, false positives. Matter of fact, I would love to see a test that shows positive no matter what. You put the strip in, and it's positive. Diet Coke, there's the positive. It has fentanyl in it. Right? The boxes of raspberry lemonade, which my daughter Barbara loves, that we buy at uh, the supermarket. And I tell her, you might as well, why don't you just get lemonade and put a little raspberry syrup in there as opposed to spending four bucks a box? Aw, Dad. Yeah, and now I'm getting depressed. All right, let's just get out of here, all right? Uh, The House Whisperer coming up uh, with uh, Dean Sharp. Father's Day tool gift guide. Father's Day is coming up, and uh, tools. Sure, why not? That goes hand in hand. When's the last time one of your kids gave you a tool? Seriously. Oh, never. Never have given you a tool? Oh, no, never. I've never gotten a tool from a kid. Ever. Oh, we're going to change that this year. No, no, no. They know I'd never use a tool. Never. I mean, you hand the only thing I would ever I would use a tool. You give you give me a screwdriver, for example. All I would do is use it to dial the phone to call a handyman in. Using the backside. Yeah, we'll be right back. <laughs> KFI. Me. <laughs> coming up, Dean Sharp. KFI AM six forty. Okay. 
here and uh, a uh, very good morning to you did that sound like i cared that time around i'm trying i'm trying to sound like i actually care you care i don't you do no oh you do no oh you do you don't know me you don't know me well okay now uh real quickly uh, we're gonna do a well first of all let me tell you about the top trending news and then we'll go right into uh, dean uh, sharp the house whisperer uh, gavin newsom john cox are going to be in the gubernatorial race in November to see who's governor. And I'll tell you right now, it's going to be Gavin Newsom. Uh, Josh Newman, out. Uh, he's been recalled. Aaron Persky, the judge who gave the rapist a very light sentence, gone. And then the volcanoes, uh, horrible, horrible story. Both Guatemala, it's even worse because so many lives have been lost. All right. Now, it's a uh, House Whisper segment brought to you by... Sunlux, the official solar company of home on KFI and D- Dean Sharp individually because he has one and handle here because I'm getting one for the best value in solar. Dial pound 250 and say Sunlux. All right, Dean Sharp. Yes, sir. Uh, Father's Day coming up. Yep. And you've got some ideas and it doesn't involve a bad sweater or a tie. No, never. Never those things. Uh, so Father's Day is a week from this Sunday. Correct. So this Sunday's show is going to be uh, our annual Father's Day tool gift-giving guide. Your right? annual? Use, wait a minute. Use, you, have it, you been on the air for a year? A year and a half. Have you really? Yeah. God, it goes quick, doesn't it? It just flies by. It does, actually. So we did this last Father's Day. It was a big hit, so we're doing it again. Oh, and we're, by the way, this is going live right now on... Uh, Facebook on uh, Facebook. We're doing Facebook Live where you, because Dean is going to show a bunch of tools because it is Tool Day. I once saw a porno film and the star. You know what? The star. I'm was, just going to stop you right there. Okay, I'm just going to stop. I'm just going to give because you because I because I do know you. Okay. The star was Tool O Tool, and it was we, uh, there. We go. Okay. There we go. All right. So all right. Here's the thing. Had to get it out. Okay. There is some. Uh, I have some new favorites out there right now. One of which is this little baby right here. Oh, it looks like a, a Sawzall. This, it looks like a Sawzall, which is a, a Milwaukee product that I love and have used for and, decades. Right, and Sawzalls, real quickly, are, imagine a saw that you go back and forth. A reciprocating but, saw. Yeah, yes. I knew that. Yeah, right? it goes back and forth, but it's a machine that does it. You hold it, and it goes back right. and forth, and it works. And a saw, very powerful saw, uh, plugged in, corded saw, because a lot of torque, a lot of amperage. This is its little brother. From Milwaukee, this is actually not a sawzall; it's a hacksaw, a hacksaw, battery powered. Very, very big gifts this year. Battery powered tools, uh, really good quality power tools, have turned the corner. So we got a lot of amperage. So this little guy right here, if I take the lock off the trigger, you hear that? Look at that! You can hear it on the radio. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this guy gets where sawzalls won't go. Because it's so small. Because it's so small, the angle is slightly different. Great tool, $99. Yeah, that's when you talk about electric equipment, when you talk about power equipment, first of all, of course, it used to be with a cord, which was a pain in the rear end. And then they started with the battery. And the holy grail, uh, because this goes back to a zillion years ago when I was actually a contractor, the holy grail was a saw. You know, what do they call uh, the handheld? Uh, 
A circular saw. That's it. Right. The circular saw. That, if you could do that with battery, that was the holy grail. Exactly. And, and it it was impossible. It was. But now they have it. Now they have it. Now, I'm still not a big fan of full-size circular saws with batteries, only because if you're really going to be, I mean, if you've got to use it once or twice, but if you're going to be ripping wood all day long, those batteries are going to wear out fast because it pulls a lot of torque. But, on but, this was a Bill didn't even know we were making the segue. This little guy. That's exactly what we're talking about. This little guy. This is what we would, in the business, call a paneling saw for small cuts. He'll still, he's got a blade deep enough to cut through a two-by-four. This guy goes all day long, and uh, he's battery-powered. He's got a little work light off the front. And uh, and, that's, and, so, and that's the battery. I mean, it's this nothing. Is ba- this is the battery right here. It's the t- little 12-volter yeah. got on the back. So and that, they make an 18-volt version of this And that's well. more powerful, right? right? Now, you're going to ask me, Gene, there's a lot of red and black tools in front of me, a lot of Milwaukee tools. They're not a sponsor of the show. They just happen to be one of my favorite tool manufacturers. And one of the pieces of advice I give to uh, DIYers who are serious about their tools, you don't have to do Milwaukee. It's a great brand. DeWalt, any other kind of seri- – any company that makes serious professional tools. But whenever possible, choose a tool family, and you'll end up saving money in the long run because – all of these tools take the same batteries, and the batteries are a huge expense. So at home, in my workshop, I've got two or three chargers lined up, and there are just batteries sitting there charging all the time. So when something goes bad, I just swap them out, and uh, and we're good to go. Now, Milwaukee and DeWalt are both American-made, right? They are. And now, there are plenty of Japanese companies out there. There are. And uh, what- I'm not against non-American-made tools. I'm against bad tools. And- I have Bosch, which is a fantastic uh, German uh, okay. tool manufacturer. Well, Ger- you know, no, German is, uh, that's a given. You know, right. uh, they used to be West German, but uh, Germany makes phenomenal, phenomenal equipment. Now the question is Japanese equipment versus American equipment. It all depends. It really all depends. Whether there are you're some, buying it from Japan or America. Some, now I'm going to say Ryobi. I don't even know if that's a Japanese company or if it's just an Asian company. I don't know. But uh, Ryobi makes a few tools that... I would recommend. But generally speaking, you can't go wrong with Milwaukee. You know, Ryobi is also kind of noodle. DeWalt, Bosch. Did you know that? Hmm? Ryobi is a kind of a noodle. Hmm. That you, I just made that up. Okay, we're going to come back, <laughs> and uh, we'll finish this up with uh, Dean Sharp, the house whisperer, tools for Father's Day. Uh, and they're pretty neat. I'm looking at some power tools. I love power tools. I, I, I have a bunch that I don't use. They don't love you. Uh, well, I haven't put away. I have a Sawzall that I've never used. Or maybe they do love you yeah. because they never wear out. Yeah, and then I have, you know what I have is one of those uh, toilet, um, uh, the spinning things, uh, the, the, not the drain, but. Um, a snake? A yeah, ro- that's it. The KFI handle here on a uh, Wednesday, the day after the California primary elections. Gavin Newsom, John Cox will advance to November uh, general for governor. Josh Newman out. Aaron Persky, the judge who uh, gave that light sentence to the rapist, out. Via Ragosa just slaughtered in the two volcanoes. Horrible news uh, for both. All right, Dean Sharp, the House Whisperer, Sunday from 9 to 11 o'clock right here on KFI. Father's Day coming up, and he's got tools, because everybody loves tools. Tools, tools everywhere. Yeah. Okay, before the break, we talked about this little uh, 
a small size panel saw, circular saw, but I didn't tell you the price. Depending on the voltage, $149 to $169. So not crazy. Hey, so uh, quick question. Yeah. Uh, how much more powerful is an 18 volt, for example, over a 12 volt? And is there a big difference? There is a, a, a pretty significant difference. The Those extra volts give it more torque. And okay. the batteries will last longer. Got it. So, you know, that's the way that works. Uh, okay, these two. One more battery-operated thing. What do you think is in this tiny little toolbox? Right here. Check uh, that out. Yeah, we're, oh, by the way, if you uh, look at Facebook, uh, we are... Facebook Live. We are uh, Facebook Live. On the Handle Show. Yeah, there it is. Is that at Bill Handle Show? Yep. Okay, and we're Facebooking. It's a okay. verb. All right, I'm looking at a box uh, about the size of a small cooler. Right. Small igloo cooler. So um, uh, what do you have in there? I don't know. A, a tent in which 12 people can sleep in. Almost. Okay. It's actually not a toolbox at all. This is a shop vac. Wow. Wow. It's a, is it, a wet, is, is it is, a wet and dry yes, kind of thing? Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, the, uh, the bottom snaps off here. This is the reservoir for it right there, which is also where I tend to keep the hose when I'm not using it. Um, and uh, the top opens up. The battery goes in the top. You have to talk more into the microphone because this is radio, you know. Perfect. There's the battery right there. Plugs in, attachments. It even charges uh, while you're waiting. This guy right here saves our neck all the time because, you know, you just carry it in. You know, big shop vacs, hard to lug around. Yeah. When you got little cleanup projects and things, boom. This guy, what's he running these days? Um, ninety-nine bucks. Oh yeah, I'm getting one. I'm getting, you know what? I'm I'm getting that one. I'm getting the other two. I'm getting everything. All right, so let's let's uh, drop down on uh, the price list, the budget a little bit. Dremels are great tools. These little pocket uh, uh, rotating tools, fantastic tools. They range anywhere from a, you can start a Dremel set at about forty-nine bucks and go on up to a couple of hundred. But uh, these guys are really handy. This one has a little cutoff wheel on it. You can do dental surgery with it. You can do all sorts of things with a, a high-torque rotating tool, and Dremel has kind of cornered the market on that. If you really want to drop low on the budget, a true handy person, a DIYer, will always appreciate clamps because they're out there in the workshop or the garage trying to fiddle with things, and uh, they need help, and nobody's helping out. So clamps are just a critical part of any workshop. So uh, ratcheting clamps like this, hand clamps, th these guys start at like 15 bucks, okay, and go up from there. And now you're sneezing all over my clamps. Yeah. Two more things. Yeah. Two more things. Okay. i got to come off the mic for this one. S leaning up against the wall right there. Oh, yeah. I keep this in the trunk of my it, car. It looks like a stepladder, a fold-up little stepladder. Yeah, it is, it is only 24 inches tall, but that is a 15-foot, 350-pound capacity uh, ladder and for the sake of Facebook Live, let me uh, throw yeah, it up there. Real we, quick. Okay, really quickly because uh, Shannon, what are you doing? You're looking at some of this stuff. I know that looks like a torture instrument, doesn't it? Oh, look at that! The thing. Oh, yes. That's it. The thing goes straight up and it'll hold 350 pounds. Amazing. It is 250 bucks. Last but not least, okay. If you don't know what to get that tool person, I love this. I talked about this last year. Go to mancrates.com. They've got a lot of fun bought, stuff on there. I bought a lot of clothes from them. They, <laughs> they've got 
they got barbecue crates. They've got uh, specialty, all sorts of specialty stuff. But don't steal my idea, here. You <laughs> can get yourself a little gift card. But at mancrates.com, the gift card comes encased in a concrete block, and you order the gift card. It's inside the concrete block, and the crate comes with a ball peen hammer and some safety glasses. And on the concrete block, it says "Smash Me," and so. You know, gift cards are boring. And so you give this gift card to somebody, they open up the crate, and they realize they've got this whole thing that they've got to go for. That's so clever. And then they end up with a gift card inside to whatever store they want to go spend the money in. Okay. And that's it. I'm all out. The ladies are here. Always great stuff. And i got to pick up all these tools. Yep. Great. You always bring toys. He hey, does. Dean and his toys, though, has robbed us of time. We have no. Oh Jesus! Yeah, but they're but they're not <laughs> quite the. But Shannon, they're not quite the same toys that you're thinking of. Oh, calm down. Okay. Calm down. Oh. Calm down. All right, Shannon. Shannon, what's what's going on today? Uh, baby aiders and dry balls. Stay tuned. We'll explain it all coming up from ten to two. Wow. All right, Jane Wells and uh, Shannon. Actually, the show is in the producer's office when the three of us get together and start talking. That is a hell of a radio show. It only happened once because we'd be thrown off the air instantly, but that's the show. All right, Shannon, have a good show. Thank you, sir. KFI AM 640.